Hello, my name is Tyler. My name is Dre, and we're going to talk about um small town case from Bedford, South Dakota. Not many people know about this, but it was from 1971 where two 17-year-old female students went missing, Cheryl Miller and Pamela Jackson. They were driving to a party, and then they just randomly disappeared. Well, after the two girls never arrived at the party, family and friends began to worry. So, as they would normally do, they searched for the car, but they never found it. They looked all around the roads they were taking. And just keep this in mind that there was multiple cars driving together, like car behind car. So, how would they just not notice whenever someone was gone? Because it's it's kind of weird. Um, but investigators think they may have put the case to rest. They searched for the girls, but they were never found. Neither was their car. It's kind of weird how a whole car would just go missing. And you have plenty of people around you. Where no one would see how a car went off the side of the road or any tire marks or anything like that. But after 42 years, they found the car. In September of 2014, just a half a mile from the girl's intended de destination, the car was found. It was found in a, um, like a little pond. But if you're driving and you're on the road, um, you can see if someone went off of it. I don't know how no one saw a tire sticking up out of the the little lake creek thing. Yeah. Well, if well, since the girls did drive off the solid road, you would think that they would slam on the brakes, and that would mess up the grass. Because you know, like true. I don't think they'd go full throttle into the pond. <laughs> but if they did, it's like it would still leave some type of mark. Or maybe since you know they were supposed to be following people. How do the people not see him when they flew off into the bridge? I mean, the lake. Well, the car was discovered in the um, pond because of a drought. And the car was caked in mud. But after authorities got the car out of the pond, the keys were still in the ignition and the headlights were turned on. And the transmission was in third gear, so they had a little bit of speed picked up. Yeah. Their clothing contained bones and their shoes were found. There was no evidence of alcohol in the car because, you know, 17-year-old girls partying, drinking, yeah. smoking, you know. But they said there was no proof of alcohol in the vehicle. So, what do you think caused them to drive into the pond? It's still a mystery. There's no tire marks. But it was noted that one tire was damaged, so it could have just been a blowout. But also, the tire, uh, the tread on the tires were very low. Yeah, that's true. There were multiple personal belongings found inside the car, including two classmate yeah, notebooks and Cheryl Miller's purse. Which, we'll talk about that more later in the next episode. Okay, so we're back to talk about episode two of our podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about whose fault was the accident. Like I said before, the um, car did not contain any bottles or alcohol. So, none of that was involved. 
But based on witness accounts, the girls visited Miller's grandmother in the hospital right before they went to the party. So keeping that in mind, that means they will not have time to stop along the way. If just say that they did have alcohol and they threw it out the window, did whatever they did with it, none of that was found in the area though. So that's kind of out of the picture. But how did they know that they searched the area well enough? You're right. They could have easily just drunk it at the gas station or whatever. They got it and thrown it away. Never really know. So how did the girls just drift off and their friends not notice? I'm not sure. What, <laughs> what made their friends not follow them? If they were all driving online, because they gave the address to each other whenever they left the grandparents' house. They just didn't see that they weren't there anymore. But their friends did say something because they were interviewed after all of this. And they said that the girls that were lost were behind them, but then they lost sight whenever they missed a turn. And they just looked back and the girls said, somehow, quote-unquote, vanished. Mm. I don't know how much I believe that. Yeah. You know, I feel like you look out for your friends a little bit more, especially if you're going to party together. I don't party with random people. Um. Alrighty, so we're back with our podcast. We're on episode three now. And we're going to talk about four things that could have been the reason why they're dead. There are speculations that they are at fault to start with their forensic uh, pathology and anthro. Pathology reports indicate that there is no type of injury that would be consistent with or caused by foul play or inappropriate conduct. So you never know what they could have been doing. The bodies were found in the front seats as opposed to the back seat or trunk, and that their clothes did not appear to be missing, all of which points away from their deaths being caused by a crime. So right now, it's looking like no one killed them. Or it wasn't on purpose if someone did. Um, it's not saying that they were kidnapped or anything like that. But there is no way to know whether a blown tire may have caused the crash. But one was damaged and the uh, tread was quite thin. But then there's a, a weather. The weather that day was sunny. So there's no way the bridge could have been wet or anything because the bridge was 30 feet up from the creek. So even if there was wind, the water wouldn't have been able to splash up 30 feet onto the bridge. So therefore, they couldn't have slid off. Maybe they were being dumb and was trying to mess around on the bridge and they tried to do a donut or something. And they flew off. Or there could be alcohol involved. But the, the friends said that they um, haven't drank at all. Now they could just be saying that because they're their friends. They don't want them to say it because of that reason. But you can't go anywhere with that because it was a 1971, so there's no allegations that it was alcohol because we have to go on what our friends say because there's no other evidence.
But what if there was something... What if there was something wrong with the car? The car was in third gear whenever they went off the bridge, so it's not like they were going really quick. Oh, they were going quick, but not, like, uncontrollably. But if the tire was messed up, they shouldn't be going that quick. They should have put a spare on or something. Um, so it, it's not a tragic ra uh, tragic accident or not foul play. But there was one tire that didn't look so good, so who knows. There were no signs that car was messed up engine-wise, but also it was all rusted out, so they couldn't tell if it was the, uh, their fault. Now there was a guy. His name was David Lichen. He was a killer and a rapist. And he got let out a couple, a couple of weeks before they had died or disappeared. Welcome back, guys, to our podcast. And today, we're going to talk about David Lichen. And... He was thought to be known to be killing Cheryl and Pamela, but we don't really know. We're going to find out today in this episode. Alrighty. So, they were referencing threads of investigation tying their disappearance to a serial rapist who lived five miles from the gravel pit in his formative years. In 1990, Lycan was arrested for kidnapping and rape. So, what if he would have, you know, raped them and killed them? We don't know. But David Lichten was, um, he had take se uh, taken sexually explicit photos of his victim and the police connected him to several other rapes with similar facts, the first of which took place in 1977. Um, David Lichen, a South Dakota State Penitentiary inmate serving 225 years for rape and kidnapping, who indicated for murder in 2007 after a cold case investigation. Several, several, can't say that word. Um, searches of his family farm in 2004 and fake jailhouse confession from 2006. His first victim was his wife. And he raped her and strangled her and threatened her son if she doesn't listen. Um, the second victim was a waitress in a cafe. They started dating sexually abused her. The third victim was a kidnapped person in a, and he broke into her son's about her son's apartment and raped her again. The fourth victim, he found her at singles Christian concert and she didn't want to date her so like him raped her and said that if she told the cops, he would kill her three children. Lichen knew both of the girls from a church bus. Charges were dismissed from the, before the trial. So, it was therefore known that David Lichen didn't kill them most likely, but you never know because he could have. But that's saying that he didn't. Um, it was, the case was dismissed. But um, David Lichen won an apology for uh, searching his family farm three times. Because, I mean, would you guys want an apology if your house kept getting searched and stuff like that? 
for a crime that he did not do. Exactly. Yes, you may have been guilty before, but you could be a clean man now. I'm trying to put you back. But, um, so what really happened to them? There are so many theories, but no one knows. Maybe they did just go in the lake where they got killed and the murderer was never found. But how did her friends not know where they went? Then they were all in a line. It just doesn't add up. But they have the case as closed. And in that case, it just says the car went down in the creek over the bridge, and that's all. Um, they say that's where the case ends, but the saddest thing is Pam's father died at the age of 104. And five days later, they found out where Pam was. But Pam's dad had to die without knowing where her daughter was at. It's terrible. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Bye-bye.